really special to be here. Um, just eight days ago, we were sitting by our Mashiach Suda, and we were about 25 people, family and guests, some modern Orthodox, Litvish, and uh, my brother had this idea to go around and ask everybody what is a concern that they have in regards to Mashiach, and then once they are able to pinpoint a concern that perhaps lessens their anticipation, um, to respond to themselves, to encourage themselves. And it was very interesting to hear everybody's answers from the more childish to, I'm worried that I won't be able to have a dog when Mashiach comes, or the answer, I'm scared I'm gonna lose some of my personality, or what's the point when there's no struggle, different answers. And uh, it was very interesting. And one of the things, of course, the conclusion was that uh, this is Mashiach, besides for the obvious desire that the Shekhinah should be revealed and we should have the Rebbe with us, uh, this is the reward that the Abishters promised us, knowing us with our personalities, with our Nefesh Bahamas, with our very human self. And therefore, the Abishters letting us know that this is the ultimate pleasure, this is the ultimate tainik, this is the ultimate reward, and there's nothing to be worried about. But my sister-in-law was there. She said her personal takeaway, hearing all the concerns and the, the confusion around Mashiach, is I want to learn more about Mashiach. And this really is exactly the hayra'a that the Rebbe said on the days following this, this groundbreaking, this earth-shattering sikhah chavches nisan, where the whole world was, was scrambling and trying to figure out what could it possibly the Rebbe mean to us, that is up to us, that is giving it to us. What do we do? What does that even translate into? And the Rebbe spoke about in the weeks following very clearly, especially in the sikhah ezoi, the Rebbe said that the most direct path to Mashiach is to learn. Teferis is learning Taira, Taira is Teferis, and Malchus specifically things about Mashiach. And of course, there's so many re reasons that learning about Mashiach is the most direct and powerful way to bring Mashiach and to connect to Mashiach. First of all, to know what it is we're anticipating, to get excited about it. And secondly, to start to live more Mashiachtic. When the Rebbe says, open our eyes, we have to know what our eyes are meant to be seeing. What's that consciousness of Mashiach? What is the, the uh, world going to look like when Mashiach comes and to begin to live that way a little bit more? So the Rebbe says in the Sicha, uh, it was 1971, and the Rebbe was speaking about a promise that the Abishter gave Avram Avinu. And Hashem said to Avraham, I will multiply your seed. This is Yitzchak. And the Rebbe asks, right, I'll multiply your seed means, sounds like Avram should have many children. But instead, this is Yitzchak. How does that work? So Rebbe quotes a medrash. And this medrash that on the day that Yitzchak was weaned by Sarah, they made a big part in this, a big mishta with all the important people of their times, including Oig who was a giant that survived the Mabel, he was there as well. And they were discussing that this small child, Yitzchak, is going to inherit the land of Eretz Canaan. And Oig boasted, he said, I, with my little pinky, can crush this, this child. Nothing. And he was responded to, he was answered, this child, this little baby that you see that you think is, is so helpless and, and, and so uh, trivial, so small, from his descendants will come you're downfall, you will fall in their hands, which of course is what happened. And the Rebbe says, back to the question of what does it mean that Yitzchak is a multitude of, 
of, of Aram Avinu's seed, even though he's a yachid, he's a one. So the Rebbe says it depends on the yachid. You could have a yachid that is, has tremendous potential and talents and abilities, but they waste it away. They lay on the couch, they sleep. And therefore, what comes of them? Very, very little. They're not actualized. All that potential goes to waste. It's sleeping with them. Or you can have a yachid, you can have an individual who doesn't have as strong kaychis and doesn't have as great talents, but what this person has, this individual has is yagiya. They work on themselves and they toil. And when a person toils, says our chachamim promise us, yagaita umatsasa. You work and you will find. And the Rebbe always would point out, matsasa, the word you'll find is very precise. It's not yatsakta you will grasp or even kibata uh, you'll receive. The idea of matsasa is the idea of a metzia. It's you come across something, you find it. It's so exciting, it's unexpected that when a person puts in effort and work, of course, in something in the realm of, of holiness, of, of bringing light into the world, what the Abishter blesses that they have a matsasa. Matsasa means that the results, the fruition, the the influence is so much greater, is disproportionate to the amount of effort that they put in. And this is a very unique bracha, the Rebbe says, that the Avishter gave to the seed of Aram to Yitzchak, that all of us possess. That even if you are involved a little bit with a child or any Jew, no matter where they are in their journey, and it's for a small amount of time and you think you barely affected them, that little bit of influence that little bit of time and sometimes way beyond we even realize has so much greater effects because we're talking about a Yitzchak who was benched by the Abishter, whose seed was blessed to be multitude, which means to say to carry the Kayach of Ein Saif, to carry the a quality. It's not the quantity, but a quality that every single descendant of Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov has that we are able to touch and we are able to reach so much more than the efforts that we put in. I was, uh, I had a baby Baruch Hashem a few weeks ago. So I'm up at all hours of the night nursing. It still takes about an hour to nurse the birth, the change. So last night I joined the Tutals for bringing, which is really beautiful. At 3.30 in the morning, I was listening to Professor, I'm sorry, some, uh, I was listening to, uh, his name is Dr. Abrams. And it was very inspiring. I'd recommend he was 6.30 a.m. on New York time to look back when they post this for bringing. And he was talking about he's a regular person, so to speak. He's not a shliach. He's not a teacher. He's not a rabbi. But he's a professor of chemistry with a long beard. And he's talking about the tremendous influence that he has, even without trying to, just by showing up and being a proud Jew. He said his classes are so big, he doesn't always have conversations with his students. One student at his graduation, he said to Rabbi Abrams, I need to tell you something. Rabbi Abrams, he, they never had a conversation this whole year he was taught him. He said, I come from a religious background. And when I showed up in college, I looked around, took one look and I said, this isn't for me. Um, there's no way I can live in this world and become a professional and still remain a religious Jew. So the first morning of classes, I woke up and I turned to God and I said, listen, Hashem, my whole life, I didn't break Shabbos and I kept kosher. But today at one o'clock, I'm going to walk into the cafeteria and I'm going to eat treif unless, unless you give me a sign that is so clear that you're here on the campus and I could be a religious Jew here. And he said, and then I walked into my first class of the day 
chemistry. And there I find you and your long beard and your yarmulke on your hat. And he says, I turned to Hashem and I said, well played, well played. And he remained from. And this is somebody simply by being a, a, a Hasidic Jew that's proud and shows up. Again, not with a title, not being somebody who, who's there specifically to influence in Yiddishkeit, and yet he was able to have this incredible hashpah. I read in one of the, the first books of uh, My Story by Jen, it's the story of Alice and Dove, and they both came from Litvish, non-Hasidic backgrounds, not Lubavitch. And she tells, right, the Rebbe gave them a bracha for their marriage. In 1964, her husband had a yichidis, and in this yichidis, the Rebbe said he was very proud, her husband, to report to the Rebbe that he had a Talmud share that was very advanced every Shabbos and it grew and so many men came and they were learning. And out of the blue, the Rebbe says to him, and what are the women doing during this share? Where are the women? What are they doing? And Dove answered, they're in the kitchen preparing the meal, the, the Shalash Sudis. So the Rebbe said, that's not enough. They need to have their share as well. And your wife can give this share. Your wife should give this Kaira class. And he came home and he tells his wife, Alice, again, she says, me, give a Torah class. I'm an artist by profession. Who am I? What am I? I have never taught the class and I'm not prepared and I'm not knowledgeable enough. But her husband said, this is what the Rebbe said. And they had so much admiration for the Rebbe. She said, okay, if you'll prepare with me, then I'll give this class. And she said it ended up becoming such a beautiful gift of the Rebbe all this time that she had with her husband learning together, preparing the class. And the class grew and grew. And soon the, the biggest synagogue in Riverdale, the biggest shul, invited her to give this class, this Mishnah class. And it's 40 years later, and she said even her daughter grew up and gave classes in Israel. And her grandson was learning Mishnah. All this tremendous ripple effect that came about because the Rebbe says to her husband, your wife, who didn't know it at the time, has it in her to have this incredible impact that would create tremendous ripple effects Lederi Deris. This is what it means, the Rebbe says, that every one of us has in us Zera Yitzchak, that the Eberster bench, that it's a multitude of seed. It's a quality of Zera that is so much greater than we even recognize within ourselves. And every, every one of us has this power. The, recently, I heard this really beautiful story uh, at a Shevard Brachos, very short, but it really touched me. Uh, Zalmanov, Rabbi Zalmanov from Queens, he was at a Shevard Brachos of his daughter, and he shared that when he was a boy, he sent for Yud Alef Nisan a gift, like thousands and thousands of other Yidin. And he sent a mitzvah tank that he built out of matchboxes, and that was his gift to the Rabbi. A lot of time passed, maybe a, a couple years even, and it was his bar mitzvah. And by bar mitzvah at that time, he was still able to have a yechidis with the rabbi. So he came in for his yechidis, of course, after preparing himself, he's just a boy of 13, but he knows this is a very big deal. And he comes into the rabbi's holy room, and he notices to his shock that behind the rabbi on the shelf is that mitzvah tank made out of matchboxes that he personally sent to the rabbi as a gift for Yudalf Nisan all that time ago. And he, he, he can't believe it. This is in the Rebbe's room, my gift to the Rebbe. And his yichidus ended. And when he left, he went, he found the Rebbe's secretary, Rabbi Klein. And he said, please tell me, does it make sense that I saw a mitzvah tank made out of matchboxes behind the Rebbe in the Rebbe's room? 
And first Rabbi Klein said to him, what are you looking around? You should be focused only on the Rebbe. What are you noticing things? And finally, though, when he pressed him more, I really have to know, Rabbi Klein answered. He said, just that morning, the Rebbe gave him special instructions. Right? Thousands and thousands of Yidin sent gifts to the Rebbe, and most of them landed in the Rebbe's library. That morning, the Rebbe told Rabbi Klein to go to the library and take out this mitzvah tank, this gift from Zalmanov, Rechmil Zalmanov, and to place it in his room in time for his yichidus. Just think about that, right? They were the greatest chassidim, rabbanim, shluchim, philanthropists that sent the Rebbe gifts. Imagine the feeling, imagine the message the Rebbe is giving this boy of 13 years old to see his own gift to the Rebbe, to give him that sense of how valuable and how significant he is to the Rebbe. The Rebbe received his gift. The Rebbe noted who it's from. The Rebbe was thinking about it. And there it was showcased in the Rebbe's room when he came in to feel like a million bucks. Right? This is the incredible gift that the Rebbe gave and continues to give us. That looking at each of us, that we are so much more, we have so much more inside us than we even begin to imagine. And with just a little bit of effort, Yagaito Umatsasa, we can have so much more of a Mitzia. We have so much more influence. And again, it could be just by showing up and being a proud Jew. It could be learning about Mashiach. And I heard this, I'm going to conclude with this story that I heard from Rabbi Zaitlin for bringing with us many times. And he told us once how his father, Abheshel Zaitlin, once had a Farbengen with Professor Brauner, not Professor Brauner, I'm sorry, Professor Brower. He was uh, a professor that became a Balchuva and ended up also having tremendous influence on many other Balchuva. But initially he came close to Hasidis and he heard about the power of a Fabrengen. Fabrengen, what it's able to accomplish, it's a big deal. And finally he was coming to his first Fabrengen that he heard so much about. And he comes to this Fabrengen and Rabbi Heshel Zaitlin was the Fabrengener. And everyone's gathered around the Hasidim. And they say Lachaim, and they sing a Nigin, and they say more Lachaim, and they sing another Nigin. And Professor uh, Brower is waiting for the bombshell. He's waiting for the tremendous transformation to happen. Instead, this is how the night continues hour after hour a Nigin, a Lachaim, a Nigin, and no one's talking. He's really wondering where's the Ferengin? Where's the magic? Finally, the light is starting to pour into the room. And Heschel Zaitlin bangs on the table and he says these words, you got to do what you got to do. L'chaim, you got to do what you got to do. That was the whole for bringing hours and hours of nigunim and deep, deep singing and introspection, all to conclude with the sentence, we got to do what we got to do. And it took Professor Brown some time for him to appreciate the depth of that for bringing and all the singing and all the L'chaim and all the inspiration and all, the, all of that energy was to get to this point of we just got to do what we got to do. And that's the Maisawa Iker. And it would be so tremendous. I mean, after 24 hours of this Fabrengen and then this special women's Fabrengen, if everyone would really do their piece, it doesn't matter if we're a uh, Rebetzin, a Shlucha, a teacher, an influencer, whoever we are, we have the Zerah Yitzchak, the Rebbe says. We have this incredible quality of seed that the Abishter benched us that we have kayach of ain't sight. We have the kayach to accomplish so much more than we realize. And like the Rebbe says, this Yitzchak from his descendant 
came the downfall of Oig, who was trying to prevent the Yidden from going to Eretz Yisrael. So our little bit of effort and going onto onemitzvah.org and doing our piece, again, there it is, onemitzvah.org, learning about Mashiach, learning with someone else about Mashiach, teaching ourselves, sharing that, showing up, being a proud Yiddish person that shares a Jewish part, that shares a story of the Rebbe. This is something that has an influence and will bring about, like the Rebbe says, the downfall of Ike, whatever's preventing the Geula Amitis Hashlema, it should happen immediately, immediately, L'chaim.